Warning! Deep Fix contains adult content and language. So if you don't touch processed foods but eat gummy bears, this may not be for you. And now, Deep Fix. Hello, and welcome to Deep Fix, where we get a fix of all of our favorite obsessions. I'm your host, Jen B. And this season, we are going back to where it all started and breaking down the epic Real Housewives of New York City, seasons one through three. And this episode, we're breaking down season two, episode six, Runway Runnin'. Now, let's get our fix. Well, everyone, we are at the beginning of what is to become Kelly versus Bethany, foreshadowing also because that's the name of the next episode that we're going to be covering. But we've made it. You can start to feel through this episode, the tensions are beginning. And accordingly, we are just starting to get into some of the episodes which put Roni on the map and why it became the prototype for all other cities in the Housewives franchise. So buckle up, because we are about to be taken on a very bumpy ride. And this isn't a fake housewives drama relationship. These are real people who have real histories with each other. And again, it's authentic. It's raw. It's mean at times. But it's why we loved the original Roni. And it's so good. I don't know why we're not just jumping into it right now. So let's get on with it with a quick overview of the episode, because it's turtle time. Even the title of season two, episode six of Roni, Runway Run-In, shows where the focus is going to be because the Runway Run-In is between Kelly and Bethany. So they're setting us up for what is to become really a rivalry that lasts until Bethany leaves the show when she's pregnant at the end of season three. And to illustrate that even further, this episode opens up with Kelly. And we see Kelly, she's in her huge Soho apartment. And she's sitting down with her assistant, Taryn. Why she would need an assistant is beyond me, but with her assistant. But she's going through all of her invitations that she's getting for Fashion Week because, yes, everyone, Fashion Week is upon us. And so we see Kelly go to several runway shows throughout Fashion Week. And we get to follow Kelly to the Russell Simmons show. We see her shop with Luann for and attend the Mallow show. We see her not only interview Jill Stewart, the fashion designer, but she also attends the Jill Stewart runway show, where we get the infamous runway run-in with Bethany. And then we see her attend a planning meeting for Jill's charity event, where she proceeds to tell the entire group really how busy she is to help and that she has no interest in helping. And it's also where we get Bethany's famous line, I don't know, evidently she's Madonna. We'll get to that. And as for Bethany, we see her help plan Jill's charity event um, on two separate occasions for Creaky Joints. And then she also is lucky enough, as Jill would put it, to attend the private designer showroom at Zhang Toy, where they get a preview of his newest collection. And then we get a great dinner with she and Jill, where Bethany gives Jill and us, really, a bit more of her background with Kelly. 
which perfectly sets up the Jill Stewart fashion show, which is one of the only shows that Bethany attends that fashion season because she's really just not that into it. But of course, she sat next to Kelly, who continues to dismiss her and kind of pretend like she doesn't know her and, and speak condescendingly to her, which then sets us up perfectly for the run-in at Jill's charity event meeting. And at that event, she basically calls out Kelly for her rude and pretentious behavior. It's an epic scene. And as for Jill, she is in full charity mode, but she does throw in a little time for fashion as well. Don't worry. We see her prepare for a private showing at Zhang Toy's showroom. He's a fashion designer in New York City, which includes going to his showroom for a private fitting of clothes and dresses, and then hosting a private viewing of his new line for 20 or so friends. But then it's all about her charity. And we see two big planning sessions for her, for this event. And some of the ladies are in attendance as well. We see Ramona, we see a bit of Luann, we see a lot of Bethany. And like I said, though, we also get a great dinner with Bethany, where Jill gets more of the backstory on Kelly and Bethany, and where Jill also admits that she thinks Kelly needs to wear a bra, as she says. But like I said, it all sets up perfectly for the Creaky Joints charity event meeting at Jill's friend's house, Christina, where Kelly truly shows the worst side of herself. And then on to Alex. We see Alex and Simon go shopping in Brooklyn to prepare for some Fashion Week events where we get extra creepy Simon sightings. You guys, it's so, I just, he's so sexually inappropriate and demeaning to his wife. I just can't with this guy. But as we would expect, we of course see them attend fashion shows, including the Russell Simmons show, where Simon really continues to press Ramona about why she doesn't like him, all while she's sitting in the front row waiting for the show to start. I mean, Talk about inappropriate timing. It's just so uncomfortable to watch, but again, gives us so much insight into who Simon is. And then as for Ramona, we see her attend Jill's charity event meeting as she's helping as an honorary co-chair, I guess they call it. She also attends the Russell Simmons show where Simon proceeds to loom over her and question her about why she doesn't like him. Again, he's so inappropriate, but I gotta say Ramona handles herself pretty well. Which is great. It's why it's authentic. It's before the housewives understood that starting drama for no reason can get you a lot of airtime and ratings. And as for Luann, we see her try to connect with Kelly and bring her into the fold of the group. So she also attends the Russell Simmons fashion show. And then we also see her meet Kelly at Malo's um, showroom to find outfits to wear for their fashion show, which we then also get to see her attend with Kelly. Luann should be thanking Kelly because Luann was looking quite pretentious and out of touch in the episodes and enter Kelly and Luann, Kelly makes her look totally normal and level headed. And then we also see she and Kelly attend the Malo fashion show. And as they're sitting there waiting for the show to start, of course, Luann must tell Kelly that Ramona's really not as great as she thinks, but then is also really shocked to find out that Kelly claims to do zero charity work. So I think the mask is starting to come off for Luann as to who Kelly really is. And with that, let's dive into the episode with something we like to call Mention It All. This episode definitely focuses on fashion because, you guys, it's New York City Fashion Week. So we open with Kelly, which of course they're wanting to push her a bit more to the forefront because she's about to become one of the major drama starters. 
And so we open up on her apartment in Soho with her assistant. Her name is Taryn. As I said, this is just so ridiculous that she would have an assistant. She doesn't even really work. Let alone, I mean, I guess she says she writes or that she acts as an editor for her page six, which basically just means she goes to parties. But, you know, they, they also like to pretend they're living a certain lifestyle. And Kelly strikes me as that kind. So perhaps she was a hire to have just for the TV. So they're going through Fashion Week invites, which there's a bunch of them. And as Kelly explains in her confessional, she goes to parties and she writes for page six. And she gets a lot of invitations to a lot of parties. But during Fashion Week, it's invitation overload. <laughs> so just, just so you know, she's very popular and gets lots of invitations during Fashion Week. And so Kelly explains to us that, you know, Fashion Week is twofold for her. She's there to support her friends and because hint, hint, she knows all these people and to write for page six. And she says her job with page six is to synthesize the week in an unusual way. She always has these really broad sweeping statements that don't necessarily mean anything. It's very Kelly-esque. And for those of you who don't know, we'll do a quick deep dive into Fashion Week, which the big one is held each September in New York City. And the big fashion weeks are known as the big four, the London, Paris, Milan, and of course, New York City. And the first ever was actually held in 1943, and it was called Press Week. And then in around 1993, they consolidated it. It went to Bryan Park, the tents at Bryan Park. If you watched uh, Project One Runway, you'll re- you know back in the day, you'll remember the tents at Bryan Park. Then it got shifted and bought by Mercedes-Benz and Lincoln Center. You'll remember that from Project Runway as well. I remember that being a big change when all of a sudden it was Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week at Lincoln Center. And then now I think they're held at Spring Studios in New York City. But we digress. So we see Kelly. She's being flighty and talking about all of these wonderful events she's going to. She's clearly received a bunch of jeans in the mail. So she's going to go try on jeans. She skips off and the scene ends. And then we cut to Jill. In her confessional, we hear her talking about that there is nothing better than New York City during Fashion Week. And we first see her. She's heading to Zang Toys. He is a fashion designer in New York City. He's got a showroom out there. She's going to pick out outfits for an exclusive luncheon that he's throwing for her and about 20 girlfriends. They're going to get a private showing of his new collection. So she arrives and Zang greets her. He's this super flamboyant guy who's, apparent, according to Jill, loves to wear a, a kilt to, uh, to work every day. He reminds me a little bit of, what's the guy who planned Lisa Vanderpump's daughter's wedding? Um, the, the famous guy from LA that I think the father of the bride character was, play, was portrayed after. Anyway, he reminds me a little bit of him. Is it Kevin Lee? Well, I'll have to look into that. Anyway. So Jill arrives, she's explaining to Zhang that she needs not only something to wear to the luncheon, and she wants to make sure she's wearing him, obviously, but she also needs a ball gown for her charity event. So Zhang tells her he's got this great American Indian gown. And Jill says, because she just, she's so competitive at heart. She goes, oh, Luann's an American Indian. She is going to be so jealous. It's like, oh my good Lord. So we see Jill. She's talking about how she's hard to fit for clothes. She's a 32G in the bust. She's small, but very busty. But she explains that with Zhang's clothes, she could wear almost all of them right off the rack. So she loves it. She's thrilled to show her friends his new collection. 
Jill then starts trying on some dresses for the luncheon and she tries on this fabulous black cocktail dress. It's fitted. She looks great. She comes out. I will say I, I was she says, should I wear this? He says, yeah. I'm like, yeah, you definitely should. Was it definitely a departure for her? It wasn't loud and overdone with a bunch of extra frills and crap that she doesn't need. It was just a classic black dress. It looked great. Then she comes out in the ball gown. It's absolutely beautiful. It's off the shoulder, or I should say one off the shoulder on one side, uh, red and black sequins with kind of a full uh, bottom to the floor. It's absolutely beautiful. She looks great. We actually see her wear this ball gown in a couple of episodes to her charity event. So clearly this is one that she bought. And then we see she's walking around his showroom and she does see this fabulous rhinestone necklace. It's huge. It almost looks like it's part of the dress, but she realizes it's just a necklace. And as she explains, any black dress you put this on and it makes the whole dress. It's really a fabulous piece. I got to give him credit. It caught my eye right from the beginning. And then we see her come out in another ball gown, kind of an aubergine. And she's, he says to her, oh, this is really like a sample size zero. And she is thrilled. She couldn't be happier as she says, well, Bobby should be very happy. I'm in a zero. I'm in a zero. And we close out on her <laughs> being very excited about the fact that she basically almost fits into a sample size zero. And in another great juxtaposition, we then cut to Alex and Simon, and they're not having a private showroom with luncheon with their friends, right? They're going to Christopher Dean. It's made up of Christopher Crawford and Angela Dean, I believe. She's, they're going to their boutique in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. They say it's kind of around the corner from their house in Cobble Hill. So again, just real shady editing by the producers and editors. I love it. Um, But we see going from real money in New York City to them trying to act like they have money, but of course, they can't compete. And so then, of course, we see Simon's confessional where he's saying, you know, people who don't leave New York City might not know it, but there are great designers based in Brooklyn, which is probably true. But it's like, Simon, then just act authentically, just be who you guys are, because you really could have made a great juxtaposition of these women spending tons of money, tens of thousands of dollars on dresses, up against something more relatable, going to some cool boutique around the corner from where you live and getting something that's just as fabulous. They could have had a Bethany moment, but because he's so pretentious and desperate to be seen as something he's not, it ruins it for them. And then get ready because we have just the creepiest Simon sighting, number what, 10 million at this point. But he's just, it's some of the worst behavior. It's uncomfortable to watch. So they head into the boutique and the owners are there. The Christopher Crawford and uh, Angela Dean are there. They're clearly giving them, you know, a private fitting or they get to try on a bunch of the, the clothes. And so they're bringing clothes out to show Alex And on this one dress, they're explaining that there's chains on it. And Simon comes up from behind on Alex and says, so the chains go right below her breasts. And he puts a hand under each of her boobs. It's so fucking inappropriate. And I just, I can't. It's like red flag, red flag, red flag. This guy is fucking disgusting. He's a narcissist. He tries to put her down because he's insecure with himself. And he's sexually inappropriate. I just can't. Sorry, but Ramona's right on this one. And you can see, and again, poor Alex, she just doesn't know what to do. She doesn't turn around and go, what are you doing? It's like, ugh. So Alex then starts trying on clothes and Simon is sitting in a chair. Of course, he's drooling and gawking. And she comes out in a really cute dress. 
And she says she really likes the pull on the zipper on the back of the dress. And of course, he jets up. He's got to stand up and interject himself. And he says, oh, so someone can walk by and unzip your dress. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, and stop it. And she kind of tries to make light of it and says, oh, a drive by unzipping. (laughs) And then he does the narcissist thing where he's got to put her down and make her feel that she's less than really to make up for his own fucking insecurities. And they're always criticizing to boot. And so one of the designers says, oh, it's like a giant key ring. And just like an ass, he chimes in. He goes, oh, yes, you can put your keys there so you don't lose them in the bottom of your handbag. And it's like, ugh, why? Just stop. He's so gross. Then there's a montage. She comes out in a different outfit, really cute. And he says, can you give us a little wiggle? How much does that dress move? It's just so gross. And you just see the way he's sitting there in the chair. It's just a very arrogant stance. He's totally putting on airs. And you hear him say something about the fact that they have five closets and they probably need to get rid of a bunch of stuff. And I feel like this is where Alex tries to reel him in because she says, well, yeah, and I still have all of my maternity clothes. It's like she's trying to tamp down him saying they've got five closets of designer clothes. And then one of the owners says, no more babies. And he says, no, or if you did, it wouldn't be from me. And he laughs. So freaking creepy. And then he shares with everybody that he's made himself surgically unable to get her pregnant. It's like, thanks, TMI. And you're gross. But anyway, they look like they tried on a bunch of great clothes. We see her try on some things that we do see her wear uh, later on in the season. So clearly it was a successful trip. And eventually, I'm sure to the delight of the shop owners, they leave. And then next we open up with Jill. She is in full-on charity mode now for the charity event that she's throwing for Creaky Joints, which is a charity that fundraises for arthritis. Her daughter, Allie, has really bad um, arthritis. I forget the name. It's a very long name that she says in the episode. And ironically, Ramona, who's there helping, goes, oh, you know what? My daughter has that in her heel. So it becomes a little more, you know, hits a little closer to home for Ramona as well. But they're meeting on a rooftop. Bethany's with Jill. They're meeting with her friend, Christina De Simone, who is the executive director of a charity called People Reaching Out Foundation. You can tell Christina has a lot of money. Anyone who has a family foundation is doing it because they have a lot of money. So I can tell she's somebody who runs a lot of charity events and she's helping Jill out with this one and probably loving that she's getting some TV time to boot. So we see Ramona and Bethany are also there because they're helping Jill. And really the purpose of them getting together is to plan this charity event. And we hear Ramona saying, oh, what kind of music we're going to have? Bethany, you know, I love to dance. It's pretty funny. And then we do see in Bethany's confessional, she says that she gets frustrated at these kind of events because it's a lot of talking and telling everyone how great they are, but nothing gets done. And I do have to appreciate that about Bethany because it's like work meetings when everyone says, okay, we have all these great ideas and then nothing's ever executed. It's just a bunch of people going, oh, great idea. Yeah, I love that. You're so fabulous. Let's do this. So I feel her because she is a doer. She gets shit done. So this kind of stuff probably drives her crazy. Although at the end, she does say they they did start to get some things done and they get their price point. It looks like they're going to be $250 a ticket, although the richer ladies looked like they were going for at least three. But as Bethany says, for an afternoon luncheon event, that's a bit steep. So they said, great, Jill's saying it's going to be sold out. This is going to be fantastic. And we fade to black. And of course, because the theme of this episode is Fashion Week, we then open back up with 
a fashion show, the Russell Simmons Fashion Show, which most of the women, save Jill and Bethany, attend. And then we hear Kelly's voiceover, and she's explaining that Russell Simmons is a really good friend of hers. Of course, don't forget, mark it down. She knows the celebrity, and he's a really good friend. And we see Luann and Ramona are there. It's a bit awkward. Luann's kind of like, you didn't even say hello. Ramona's like, I just got here. I'm saying hello. She kind of says her son. She says, Noel. I mean, Noel. (laughs) It's pretty funny. So we see everybody. They are clearly talking backstage. I have a feeling there must have been like a VIP section or something because you see a lot of the people have a drink in their hand and it just seems like it's a bit loud. And then we fast forward to Ramona and Kelly are sitting in their seats. They're in the front row. Simon and Alex are clearly seated just a couple seats down, also in the front row. Simon walks up to Ramona, who's still sitting. And of course, he's standing there and he's towering over her. And he says, oh, are you going to act like you don't know me? Can I shake your hand? And he says, can I give you a kiss? Hello. And she says, no, no kiss. No, thanks. And we do see even Kelly, okay, even Kelly picks up on how weird this behavior is. Because we see in her confessional, she says, Simon started asking Ramona all of these questions. And, you know, it's just not appropriate for where we are. We we can talk about it later. And again, Simon, when you're making Kelly look like the level-headed person, you've got issues. And then we see Ramona's confessional. She felt the same way. She says, look, he's looming over me, asking me, why don't you like me? And it was uncomfortable. And we see Ramona say when he asks her that, she says to him, I feel like you have no depth, to which, of course, he can't handle. He's like, no depth. How would you know? And he's going on and on. And finally, you can see Alex, who's a couple seats down. She's uncomfortable. She's clearly aware, probably, that he's drinking and she wants to get him out of there. She stands up. She goes and grabs him. And somehow she kind of gets him to come sit down. So Alex finally wrangles him. They go and sit down. And we see Simon saying, oh, well, we do have good seats at least this time. I'm not behind you, Alex McCord and husband. I mean, I'm a man of my own right now, darling. And it's just, why why are you so worried about the fact that you're sitting behind her and not in the front row at, at certain events last year? It's like, because he wants to be seen as somebody he's not. It's just so obnoxious. And it's all about him. Typical narcissist. And of course, they end the scene showing some of the runway fashions coming through and everyone's watching the show and having a good time. And then we open back up with Kelly. She is meeting Luann, who's already at the store Malo at their showroom. And Luann's trying on clothes. She looks cute. She's got a hat that is not really that cute on. And she's like, oh, I don't know about the hat. Kelly's like, yeah, I don't think so. And she's just playing around with Kelly. And she goes, you probably look great in hats. Why don't you put it on? And Kelly oddly just refuses to put on the hat. She's like, no, no, no. She doesn't want to try on anything. And it's just weird. She just behaves in an incredibly strange way. And then we hear Kelly say that Malo asked her to wear their clothes to the fashion shows for, you know, it's good publicity for them. And we see Luann saying, okay, well, let's try on stuff to wear. And I couldn't help but think, just knowing who Luann is over the years, do we think that she showed up and finagled her way into not paying for a dress because she was going to wear it front row when really it was for Kelly? I don't know. It's the whole thing was interesting to me. Just a hunch. Anyway, Kelly is just, she's being so weird about trying on clothes. She won't try anything on. She's saying no. She's totally resistant to having fun with Luann. It's like, Kelly, the whole reason the film crew is there is to film you guys getting dressed and picking out outfits to go to the fashion show. Hello. And so then we get Kelly's confessional where she says, maybe it's because I'm a model, but I just don't like trying on clothes. So Kelly's trying to say she's just going to sit there. Luann's saying, no, you're going to try them on with me. 
Luann just try on this great, it looks like a gray cashmere wrap dress. It looks fantastic on her. But of course, she says to Kelly, I want you to try it on. It's probably going to look better on you. And as Luann's in there trying on clothes, of course, then all of a sudden, Kelly's trying on hats. It's like, I'm sorry, five seconds ago, you were just telling Luann you didn't want to put a hat on. You were totally against trying on hats. Now she's like putting outfits together and trying hats on. It's very bizarre. So then we do see Kelly. She finally tries on a couple things. She looks great in the gray wrap dress as well. I mean, she's a supermodel. No, no shock. And then we see Luann ask Kelly if she's going to Jill's charity event meeting. And Kelly says, no, I don't think I got an invite, but I'm actually also not that good at answering my phone, which Luann says, yeah, I've noticed. So who knows what happened there? But the ladies finally leave and clearly Luann had a great time. Then we cut to the Mallow Fashion Show, and Luann is explaining that this year she did get a lot more front row uh, invitations than she did the previous year, I'm sure, because she's on TV, obviously. And she meets up with Kelly there. And as they're sitting waiting for the fashion show to start, they're having their pictures taken. And Kelly starts to explain the Ramona Simon run-in, that Simon just had this really inappropriate, looming energy over Ramona and was asking her just stuff that can be talked about later, not when you're front row waiting for a fashion show to start. And Kelly's pointing out that she likes that Ramona is honest. And Luann just cannot have Kelly thinking that she's going to be nice to Ramona. And so Luann takes every opportunity to make sure to tell Kelly that, well, Ramona's really a problem. She's prone to outbursts. She kind of tells Kelly about the girls' night out that happened last season, if you can recall where Alex brought Simon to the girls' night out and Ramona had a freak out. They also, editing, does a flashback to that moment. And Luann goes on to say, well, she can be very abrupt. You you haven't seen that yet, but you will. It's like, God, she's still on Ramona's case. The team the team thing, Jill and, and Luann. And it's just ridiculous. It's like, get over it, ladies. And then in a really strange turn of events, Kelly starts going on about how she's not happy about Jill's charity. And she doesn't even, you know, have time for her own charities. And, you know, she doesn't want to put her name and just be assumed that she's going to show up on for Jill's charity. And so Luann questions her, well, what charities do you do? And she goes, no, no, I don't do charities. It's like, okay. She's like, no, 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 I don't do charities. I don't like when people put my name on anything. And you can tell Luann's a bit taken aback. It's like, all right. And then she says, you know, I'm really private. I hate putting my name on things. Uh, Earth to Kelly, you're on a reality show on national television. Luann, though, we see her confessional, and she's actually shocked that Kelly doesn't do any charity work. She says somebody in Kelly's position, she would expect a lot of charity work and reaches out to the community. And it's a bit shocking to her that her answer was like, no, I don't do it. So I think the red flags are starting to go up a bit for Luann. And then we cut to Jill and she is with her daughter, Allie. They are heading to Zang Toy's uh, showroom for the fashion show luncheon that he's hosting for her. And as Jill explains, she knows a lot of people who can afford his clothes. And so he's willing to do something like this for her. And as they get there, Jill's having her makeup done and getting ready to get dressed into the clothes that she's picked out for the luncheon. And Jill says, oh, can somebody give me a bite of that? I haven't eaten since yesterday. I'm going to pass out. And of course, just like a true little fashion designer, Zhang turns around. He's like, no eating, Jill. No eating today. And she's like, "Okay, okay, I won't eat. And then she said she passed out on the street yesterday because she hasn't eaten anything. So she needs a Diet Coke or something. It's like, that is not very healthy. And Brad, her gay husband, he apparently also does Jill's makeup. So he's there doing Jill's makeup. And he seems very aggressive when he does it. But 
whatever, she looks great. But sadly, I see a bit of of the issues that are plaguing Jill. And she herself admits that she has body issues and ding, 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 the root of the problem. She says, you know, my mother told me my whole life I was five to 10 pounds overweight. And I'm like, of course she did. Her mother is a typical narcissist. And she says, unfortunately, she's probably passed it on to her daughter, which clearly she has. And then we get a little bit of Lisa Wexler, Jill's sister. She's there and they're talking about how they don't want to eat. And, oh, mommy taught us to dump water on our food once we've had enough. And then we hear her quote Bethany, although she doesn't attribute it to Bethany. She tells her sister, well, taste everything and eat nothing. And Lisa's like, well, that's hard when you're hungry. And of course, it's like, Jill, you can't get that across by saying it because you're not Bethany. And then I love it because Allie calls her out. She's like, when have you ever poured water on your plate? And then we get a little bit more of Jill's confessional where she's explaining what the luncheon is about. And she says to have a personal relationship with a designer is a pretty special thing. And she invited friends who she knew would spend money on his clothes. And she points out that some of his dresses go for like 30 grand. And so she was only going to invite people who would actually spend that type of money on clothes. And then she says, because she just can't help but fire a shot at Ramona. She says, like Ramona says, not everyone can be invited to everything. And, you know, I didn't invite her because I don't think she'd spend that type of money on clothes. It's like, ooh, dig. But what I also think is funny is when Jill comes down, there are some some guests there sitting down at the tables. She's introducing herself to some of them. It's like she doesn't even really know half of the ladies. Is she just telling them to invite friends who would spend that kind of money? I thought that was interesting that it's 20 or so of your friends, but she's introducing herself to some of them. Anyway, maybe that's what happens when you only invite friends based on how much money they have or spend. Which is evident because she even then says the only reason she invited Bethany is because she's on the cover of Social Life magazine wearing a Zang toy dress. So it was only right. Otherwise, she wouldn't have gotten the invite, apparently. And we do see clips of Bethany being there and Zang's got the the cover. And I was right. I said in the, the previous episode that I thought that pink kind of crochet dress that she's wearing on the cover was Zang toy. It was. And good thing. Otherwise, she wouldn't have gotten the invite. And then we see Bethany's confessional where she explains Jill likes to have things specially made for her. And this kind of event, this is like Jill's moment. This is the kind of stuff she lives for. And then we end that scene with another relatable Bethany moment where she's talking about how it's funny to her to have a fashion luncheon in the middle of the of the day. She says, you know, I don't lunch. I eat lunch, but I don't lunch like the verb. And then she says, I'm definitely not dropping $15,000 on clothes at the luncheon and fade to black. And then we cut back to Kelly, who is interviewing designer Jill Stewart, because don't forget, Kelly is a writer and an editor at Page Six magazine. She gets paid to go to parties and write about him. Very serious stuff. Very intellectual. And Kelly explains that she's interviewing pioneers, which to her means people doing interesting things. I'm like, well, that's not really what a pioneer is, but okay. And as we see in Kelly's confessional, she explains for all of us to know that she knows these people. And so she really wants to give the readers something from the inner circle, something they don't get from other editors. I love that she considers herself an editor. And then she makes this reference that says, I'm not in this business to be snarky or cunning. And those are two adjectives she uses throughout the series to describe Bethany. And I really do think that was a Bethany reference or a possible dig. And then the interview is over and Kelly skips out in her Kelly way. And then we cut to Bethany. She's headed to Le Cirque, a famous French restaurant in New York City, which she explains is one of her favorites. 
and she's doing a dinner with Jill. And I can tell it's the same day as when she went to Zang Toys to try on the clothes to wear for the luncheon because she's wearing the same little white eyelet dress. And so as they sit, they're talking about the charity. They're talking about Zang Toy. And then Bethany explains to Jill a little bit more of the backstory with why she and Kelly don't necessarily get along. And Bethany explains that she's met Kelly several times and she has snubbed her every time and even worse, been a bit inappropriate with her then boyfriend. And then we see Jill's confessional where she says there's a bit of competitiveness that Bethany doesn't want to acknowledge. And I don't know if it's that she doesn't want to acknowledge. I think Bethany is actually onto something here with Kelly, but I digress. And Bethany says, look, I met her twice, once at Jenny Hilfiger's trunk show that she did. It was at Kelly's house. She was on the invitation. And Bethany goes on to explain that Kelly wasn't even awake when they got there. She didn't come out until Tommy Hilfiger arrived. And then really only seemed to pay attention to a few men, one of which was Bethany's boyfriend at the time, Kevin Mazur, who is a rock and roll photographer. And Bethany goes on and says, look, she totally ignored me. Clearly, I'm just not fabulous enough for her to even pay attention to. So I'm like a peon that she just wants to push aside. But she says she paid a tremendous amount of attention to my boyfriend, however, that night. And Bethany says, look, she's just rubbed me the wrong way. We see in her confessional, she explains that Kelly just seems to be everywhere. And now that she's on her radar, she sees her more and more and can tell that she wants to be involved with everything. And Bethany explains that her reputation is someone who desperately is trying to be famous. And so we see Jill and Bethany, they're still talking kind of about Kelly and who she is. And Jill says, look, I'll give it to you. I'll just go ahead and say it. At some point after a certain age, you need to wear a bra. And Bethany just loves the fact that she says a bra, a bra. And Jill goes on, as my mother would say, put a bra on. <laughs> and Bethany's like, I love how you say bra, bra. And again, another great girlfriend moment between Jill and Bethany. So then we cut back to Kelly. She's at the Jill Stewart fashion show. Recall she's just interviewed Jill Stewart for a page six interview article. And as Kelly again explains, she grew up in this industry, so she knows everyone. <laughs> again, Just take note, she knows everyone. And then in a great juxtaposition, we see Bethany's confessional where she says, you know, Fashion Week for me is really only about if I know the designer or a publicist or somebody involved. She goes on to say, I'm not really a fashionista, but she goes on to say she does know Jill Stewart's publicist and promised that she would go and wear one of her pieces. She's there with one of her girlfriends. She runs into Kelly. Kelly is there, obviously. And she says hello to Kelly. And then in this awkward moment, Kelly's kind of saying hello, and then somebody else walks by, and Kelly's like, hi, and just moves on and kind of leaves. And you see Bethany say, all right, and then that happened, and they go and sit down. And of course, they're in the front row of the fashion show. And it's interesting, you do see someone come up to Bethany and ask her to shift down one seat, and then lo and behold, Kelly is sat right next to Bethany. And we see Bethany's confessional She says, look, there is a threshold with me. And after so many times of you acting like you don't know me or you're not interested in me, I'm just not interested in you. And so as Kelly sits down, we see that she's trying to make small talk with Bethany and Bethany's just really not having it. She's just kind of very short answers, not really engaging. Kelly asks Bethany if she's gone to a lot of the shows or if she's enjoying the shows. And Bethany explains, you know, that's really your business. It's really not my thing. I haven't gone to much. And Kelly goes, oh, that's cute, though. Cute. It's like, okay, Kelly. 
Although Kelly does pick up on it because in her confessional, she says, I was trying to ask her questions and get to know her. And she seemed very quick to answer and not really that interested. It's like, yep, that's exactly what was going on. And then in a really odd move, Kelly brings up a party and says, oh, it's a good friend of mine who's a rock and roll photographer. And I want you to come with me. And I really feel like she's poking and trying to do that thing where they talk about all of your friends as if they know them all and you're not part of it. It's just really weird. And Bethany does mention, oh, yeah, my ex-boyfriend was a rock and roll photographer. I, I know those people, too. And Bethany's like, it's almost like, don't you remember? You know exactly who I am. But of course, Kelly wants to make it like, oh, she's just trying to one up me. And then we get another Bethany confessional where she says that people tell her that Kelly is very enamored with celebrities and it's very important for her to be seen socializing with them. And Bethany's like, yeah, look, I know some famous people too. It's my work, but it's not a goal. Boom, roasted. And it's just funny, Bethany, as she tries to say, yeah, I know those people too. Kelly just continues to blow her off and she clearly doesn't know what to do. And then we see Kelly's confessional where she says, yeah, I noticed her curtness. I mean, the dresses were amazing in the fashion show, but it was a foil because Bethany is so tightly wound and intense, but the clothes were so ethereal. It's like, does she mean a foil? Does she mean it was a total dichotomy? I don't know. I don't know if she knows what she means or rather knows what she's saying. But then we see them awkwardly have to sit and not talk to each other as the fashion show continues. And it gives us a flavor of what's to come. So then we cut to Jill. She's at now her friend Christina's house. They're doing another party planning event meeting for the charity. And Bethany's there and we see them sitting around the table. There's other women there. And Kelly, of course, shows up 30 minutes late, which she explains in one of her confessionals. She's not intentionally late. It's just that she does too much and tries to jam pack too many things all at once. It's like, well, I think that's intentional, Kelly, but okay. So Jill goes on to tell Kelly that her daughter has arthritis and that's why she's doing this charity. And Kelly's response is, oh, that's cute. And as we see in Bethany's voiceover, she's like, I don't know if it was cute that Allie has arthritis or if it's cute that we're raising money for arthritis, but this just seems off. And I also couldn't help Jill's very pointed talk with Kelly about the reason why she does it and that her daughter has it. Because I'm sure Luann tipped off Jill and said, hey, she's acting like she has no interest in this charity and doesn't quite get it and all of that. So Jill's friend Christina goes on and says, look, you're all honorary co-chairs and your names will be on the invitation. And Kelly totally abruptly and rudely says, wait, I don't lend my name to anything. I came here today to like find out what's going on. Um, And I've only met Allison once. Like, I mean, I think she's so adorable, but I don't lend my name to anything. And you can tell everyone is like, what the fuck is this chick? Who is this person? And in Bethany's confessional, she says, Jill wasn't asking her to freaking stamp the charity on her forehead. But she says, Kelly definitely wanted us all to know how busy and important she is. And it was such a holier than thou moment. And it just wasn't necessary. And then to kick off the moment that really just starts all the fireworks, one of the ladies sitting next to Bethany, I don't even know who she is, says, who is she? And Bethany says, evidently, she's Madonna. Hilarious. But if you can imagine, Kelly does not take kindly to it and tries to go on and say, look, I'm I'm just trying to figure out, I don't think I have time. And Bethany says, that's fine. I'm just, it's a little bit abrupt. Most people kind of come from a place of yes and figure out later if they can't do things. And Kelly's like, um, that's great for you, but that's not how I work. So Bethany says, okay, great. You come from a place of no. Excellent. 
And you can tell, I just love this moment so much, especially knowing how the elite circles and especially the kind of Hollywood model, all that bullshit, they just have a bunch of yes people surrounding them all working for them. And you can tell Kelly has never been called out on her bullshit before. And I just love that Bethany don't give a shit and she just comes straight at it and says how it is. And so in Kelly's confessional, she says, well, Bethany clearly has an issue with her, but she can't babysit her through that. And then at the meeting, Kelly just keeps trying to explain her way out of her shitty behavior. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse. And to wrap it all up, we've got Bethany's confessional. And she says, to come to a charity event 30 minutes late, only to communicate how little you want to help makes it all about you. And she goes on to explain this person, meaning Kelly and I, do not operate the same way and we don't see eye to eye. And then we fade to black. And what a great ending that is, knowing what's to come. Because no, they don't see eye to eye. Well, that about does it for this episode. But make sure to join us next time when we do our breakdown of The Real Housewives of New York City, Season 2, Episode 7, Kelly vs. Bethany. And check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Deep Fix Podcast. And as always, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and most other places you get your podcasts. Until next time, see y'all then.